Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Novicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode, we bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Now, in our second bonus episode from a recent Let's Talk Sheep webinar, we hear an edited extract from veterinarian Charles Avas, who's area veterinary manager with Zoetis. Charles describes what the different clusters of diseases are and how they affect the animal. He goes on to explain the vaccination process, adding some very useful tips and highlights some of the common pitfalls. We rejoin Charles towards the end of the episode where we take questions submitted by the audience on the night. Clostridial diseases, they affect both cattle um, and, and sheep, and we're obviously going to concentrate more on the sheep side of things. Um, they're caused by toxins that are produced by the clostridial um, bacteria, but it's the toxins that cause the damage. Um, and the other problem we have is the fact that the spores that the bacteria come from are naturally found in the soil. They can survive for years. Uh, they're very, very resistant or resilient. Um, and the bacteria themselves are actually, you know, can be present in the intestines of healthy animals. You know, uh, so the, the presence of the bacteria themselves isn't well. It's not. It's not. It's not desirable. But it's not. A, it's not. The, it's not the issue. It's the fact that when the um, the bacteria certain events happen in the animal, mean the bacteria then start producing these um, toxins, and those events are normally to do with um, anoxia. So the toxins are, are frequently um, follow um, uh, minor trauma, um, um, such as bruising around lambing time, um, the, the bruising from castration, but they also can be associated with a change in the diet. Um, and we often see this in very fast growing lambs, for instance, their diet's changing and how they, the bacteria in the, the intestine, that are naturally in the intestine, how they react can then start producing these um, toxins. Um, and unfortunately, the toxins almost invariably are fatal. It's, you know, they generally the first sign is um, um, a, a, a dead animal. And if you look at the names of the, um, of the diseases, the um, names that are, um, were, were dreamt up by um, pathologists, you know, people like Marissa or in, in the past, you know, things like pulpy kidney. I mean, pulpy kidney is called pulpy kidney because if you take the kidney from a lamb that's affected and you hold it under a tap, it just forms into a pulp. Um, you know, black leg is because you you cut into it. It's just um, the, the whole uh, tissue has gone um, black. So, as I say, they're often associated with um well, they are associated with death. That's the, the problem. Um, and um, Marissa would put up a, a slide not dissimilar. This is looking at um, the cause of lambs. I'm just showing there the clostridial diseases. And this is the, um, the, the report from 2020. And, you know, 12% of them were, uh, were, were caused from, um, um, from um, um, clostridial diseases. So they, they do cause um, 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 significant, um, they still cause significant problems. Um, and, you know, this statement, and I'm going to read it out because it, it came from the All Island Surveillance Report in 2011, and it could be put into the, the latest one as well. But because uh, unfortunately, I mean, this is all news, but clostridial diseases remain a common diagnosis despite the availability of effective vaccine for yos, rams and lambs. Many cases of clostridial disease are associated with incomplete or non-existent vaccination programs in herds and flocks. So, that sort of sums up sums it up in that you know we still do see these problems, and yet um, we do have effective vaccines, and it's one of those conditions where actually vaccination, you know, is 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 generally is very very effective, but we've got to make sure we have a um, a proper program um, in in place, and 
I started doing this, the role I'm in now, um, 12 years ago. And I remember being asked to talk about it one year and then people asked me to talk about it the next year. And I thought, gosh, why am I still talking about this? But the thing is that it is still an issue on farms. So, you know, we still do need to um, to address it uh, because potentially it is um, preventable. Um, and Marissa actually highlighted this too, but, you know, pulpit kidney is the sort of number one in 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 lambs. And um, the, the, the bacteria is Clostridium perfringens type D. And as I say, it's a normal inhabitant of the gut in most species. Um, but we frequently see it in lambs over a year of age. Um, and it is frequently associated with the best lamb in the group. And speaking from bitter experience, I know that if I don't go and vaccinate my lambs before the June back holiday and I forget, I remember in the first week of June because I'll find my best one or two lambs lying uh, dead in the uh, the field. So it is, you know, as I say, it's, um, um, you know, it, it, it does occur, but it often occurs to the best looking lamb in the group as well, which is even more um, frustrating. Um, there are multivalent vaccines um, and, you know, Covexin 10, I mean, it actually covers 10 different um, uh, bacteria. Um, and you, as I say, the 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 the, the bacterias produce the toxins, and toxins then uh, co cause the, the disease. Where it's you know pulpy kidney, lamb dysentery, black disease. I mean, sodella is one which is um, you know is is sort of new in the sense it's new in the last 15, 15 20 years, um, and it causes abomasitis. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the vaccines changed from being just say, you know, it used to be Covexin 8 and then it was changed to Covexin 10 to include this um, 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 Sordelli. Um, so that was what, what the reason for adding that to the, to the mix because we started seeing that becoming uh, uh, becoming an issue. Um, you know, when we're using the vaccines, um, it's really important to have a primary vaccination course. Um, which consists of two doses, not a single dose. You do need to give two doses and you need to give those four to six weeks apart. Um, and when we're vaccinating sheep with Covexin 10, it's fairly straight um, forward. It's a, it's a one mil dose followed by a one mil dose. You know, it's separated by four to six weeks. You know, whether it's a lamb or whether it's a, a hogget or whether it's a ram, it's still the same dose, one mil, uh, given under the skin um, in the side of the neck. Um, and then when the booster comes around, you just need to give them a booster once a year. And again, it's a it's a, it's a one mil dose at that stage, too. And this is really important. We need aseptic injection technique. It's absolutely essential. Unfortunately, if um, these vaccines are injected in uh, and any dirt gets in there, you can get fairly spectacular abscesses. Uh, and these abscesses will mean the vaccine won't work. That's the first thing that happens. But unfortunately, in small lambs, the abscess itself can be uh, fatal and they they can be the sort of size of a large grapefruit fruit. I mean, they're, they're big with a lot of pus in them. Um, but we want to avoid that happening. Um, to avoid that happening, you know, using injector gums. So you can put a bottle on, on, the, on the top here and then put a, a needle here, a clean needle here, sterile needle. Um, and I'd be thinking about changing that needle um, every uh, 15 to 20 sheep that you're injecting, because if any dirt gets picked up, you're going to deliver it from one animal um, uh, to another. And certainly if the needle gets dropped or the gun gets dropped for any reason, throw the needle away. 
do not economize on that. So when you get in the vaccine, ask for for uh, for plenty of needles to make sure that you can um, do this the, the the process in a in a very clean aseptic manner. Um, there's also um, the two needle technique, which you know, as I, I'm a small flock owner, so I don't generally bother using a gun, and I would use this technique. So. What I'm trying to demonstrate here, and I hope you can see my pointer here, is that you can see I'm holding onto one needle, and that's the needle I'm going to use for injecting the sheep. And this sterile needle is put into the bottle at the beginning. So I then draw up my one mil dose, and then I go and stick the syringe onto the needle I was holding here, and now I'm ready to inject the sheep. And then I inject the sheep in the side of the, um, the neck here. Um, and... The importance of this is that if you keep injecting a sheep and then putting it into the bottle, as you're injecting the sheep, there's a possibility you pick up a small amount of dirt that would go into the bottle. And now you've got a whole solution of bacteria and the um, and the um, uh, and the vaccine, and then you will just be you you can get multiple abscesses that way. So, uh, and again, you know that needle can do the whole session because it's sterile; it's not being moved from um, out of the bottle. Um, but this needle, I was again changing it every uh, 15 to 20, um, uh, 20 sheep. Um, and I'd encourage people to inject in the side of the neck. It's actually a very clean site because there's wool there. So just part the fleece and the skin is very clean there. Inject them there. I come across people who want to inject them in the axilla, you know, underneath the armpit. And they go to great lengths to turn sheep upside down and get in there. It's not a clean site. It's sort of sweaty and dirty, but also in turning the sheep over, frequently there's muck being fired around the place. So it's much easier have them in a race, keep them tight, and as I say, just inject them in the side of the neck there, and that keeps it nice and um, nice and clean. Um, this is just to illustrate why we have a primary um, vaccination course of two injections, because we give the first um, injection and we start getting an immune response and the antibodies and the protection builds up and then it actually starts to wane but if we then step in with a second shot any period from the top of this curve to just about here which is about four to six weeks you then get this much much bigger response the second response um, and that's because of the memory from the first one and that's what then gives you the protection for the full 12 months if you only give one one dose you're, you barely leave, reach the levels of protective immunity. And if you do, you're fairly quickly tailing off to where you've not got protection. So it is essential that you give them two doses, but it's also important that they're separated with four to six weeks. If you give it too early, you don't get the big boost. If you give it too late, the memory has, has been lost. Okay. And once you've got that second response, we then find that we only have to do the, 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 the booster um, uh, uh, once a year. But this is important, and it goes back to that comment at the beginning. You know, we've got effective vaccines, but sometimes we don't have complete vaccine courses, i.e. we just give them one injection, um, or they're given at appropriate times. So I would give them one injection, and the other injection happens four or five months later. That won't work okay. So, or people just forget to, to do it all together. So it's important it's done at the, um, um, at the, at the right time. Um, and the right time... I mean, Actually, I'll just go back there. I mean, I suppose the right the, the right timing again does get sort of quite critical with lambs as to when you give it, because one of the advantages of giving the yo uh, a vaccination is the fact that yes, you're going to protect the yo, but also those lambs, say she's carrying twins, which we hope she will be carrying twins, those lambs will be born with no immunity, 
but then by giving them the colostrum, they then get lots of immunity from having had the um, um, the, the antibodies from 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 the mother from the from the dam, and that then protects them. Um, but that immunity will wane in, in time. That immunity will drop off. Um, and what we've got to do if we go in and vaccinate too early, then there's a possibility that the antibodies will interfere with the um, uh, the antibodies they got from the mother will interfere with the vaccination process. But if you wait until, say, your youngest lamb's about four weeks of age, it's not a bad time to do it because then your oldest lamb is going to be sort of four to, um, 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 sorry, will be sort of four weeks older than that. So it'll be about eight weeks of age. And about that time, you know, their the, the natural, you know, the immunity they get from the mother will be starting to wear off. So, you know, the lambs will be aged between four to, say, eight, ten weeks of age. Then that's a good time to um, step in and, um, and give them their first shot. And then you need to give them the second shot um, a month later. So sort of pulling it together from a practical point of view. I would recommend that a booster for all sheep is given on the farm, you know, one week, month pre-lambing. So all the yos. Um, who are you know are lining up to lamb about a month before you start lambing, give them um, um, give them their, their their booster shot. And I did that back there in the middle of um, January, kind of start in the middle of February lambing. Um, I also brought my two rams in and gave them their booster because uh, you know I'm a small farmer. I'm not going to buy a special vaccine for the for the rams. So I just brought the rams in too. And I've also got um, uh, some uh, yo yo lambs which aren't in lamb but they will be bred next year so I also gave them their booster as well so the whole flock got the booster uh, a month pre-lambing and I would suggest that's a good time to, that everything on the farm gets uh, their, 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 their booster as I said the primary vaccination for lambs for the first time the lambs get it if they're somewhere between four and 12 weeks of age. So if when your youngest lamb is four weeks of age, well, if you've got two flocks, you've know, got an early flock and a later flock, you're going to have to do this process twice. But, you know, sometime between the ages of um, four and 12 weeks, given their first shot, and then they get their second shot four to six weeks later. So just mark it on the phone, put a reminder in. If you're doing it there on the, um, I don't know, if you're doing it, say, on the 1st of May, put a, uh, a reminder to, to go in there on the 1st of, um, um, the 1st of June. Um, and that will then um, give them protection basically for, 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 for 12 months. I know I'm a vet and the trouble about vets, we all see problems. Um, and I'm also a farmer. I don't trust anyone to vaccinate my sheep. I don't, you know, if I'm buying sheep in, I would always vaccinate them. It's just too costly um, a mistake to, to not vaccinate them. So when I'm buying rams, which is the only animals I do buy because I breed my own uh, replacements, but I would basically, um, once the, when the when the rams come in, I give them um, two doses, um, four to six weeks apart. And because you're spending, you know, you're, I, I, even though it's out of season, I won't have a, a bottle open. I would just get the smallest bottle I can get there, and I'd, I'd and I'd use that bottle to do them. I spend a lot of money on the rams, you know, what sort twenty or thirty euros for for the vaccine? It's nothing compared to to to, to losing um, 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 to, to losing a ram. Um, and if you're buying in hoggets, which people, a lot of people would buy in hoggets, which is fair enough. You know, when they come onto the farm, I'd give them two doses, four to six weeks apart. So that's going to be before they go to the, to Rams. So it's probably going to be sometime in August, September time. But then I'd also give them their booster one month pre-lamin. You know, so they fall into this category here. By getting all the sheep done here, there's a good chance that sheep aren't going to be, um, going to be left out. Um, so, 
you know, the take home messages, you know, they are a common disease um, of death and lambs. You know, Marissa's figures there and, and the figures I put up there, about 12 percent of the lambs that turn up in the um, lab are caused by clostridial diseases. And in fairness, they are, you know, it, it is preventable by using vaccination. Um, but the vaccination, you do well to use, you know, one of these multivalent vaccines. So, you know, Covaxin 10, as I say, the 10 sort of the, tells you how many diseases have been covered there. Um, and, you know, the schedule is always two action, injections at the start for the primary course, uh, separated by four to six weeks apart. And then it's an annual booster um, thereafter. And, you know, I think the annual booster, you get that to fall, you know, uh, a month pre-lambing. That's a simple way to do it. And it means that the yo's are well covered. And it also means that the they've got high levels of antibodies in the um, colostrum for the lambs. Um, so that's me. I'm going to stop um sharing and quite happy to take um some questions kieran or you know i'll let you feel the way with the questions that's perfect charles appreciate that there's two quick questions coming in for you um one is kind of around if you had used we say covexinated that previously and now have to switch up to covexinated obviously maybe sordelli is an issue do you have to go through the whole process the primary dose the secondary dose you're no worse off just boosting with the Covaxin 10 in the sense that the eight that were there before have been boosted okay, but you're right because the Sodele won't be um, um, boosted okay. Now, in fairness, your lambs who have got two shots of the Covaxin 10 will be covered for Sodele, so they're covered for everything. So um, I think what I would probably be saying to people, if you're just moving from Covaxin 8 to Covaxin 10 because Covaxin 8 is no longer available, I would just be making that move. And in time, your whole of your flock will be properly vaccinated as the older animals are culled for various reasons. If, on the other hand, Marissa or for one reason or another, you know you've got Sodelli in the farm, then you've, you know you've got an issue there. Then, in fact, you should give them a primary course with two shots of the um, Covaxin 10. So if there's been a problem... You've sent the lamb, the 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 yo, the, the hogget, the whatever, to the um to to the lab, and you've come up with sordella. Then I think you you well, no, I know you're going to have to give them a primary shot of two shots of covaxin ten. But if on the other hand you're just transitioning from covaxin eight, which you've maybe been using for the last twenty or thirty years, then all you need to do is just slip in the covaxin ten and work away from there because you'd be no worse off than you were before when you were on the covaxin eight anyway. And in time, your flock will move naturally onto the covaxin ten. Just one quick one, Charles, in terms of troubleshooting, like a lot of that were dependent on passive transfer. So we're dependent on adequate amounts of colostrum and good quality colostrum going into that lamb. In certain circumstances, multiple litters, maybe artificial colostrum is used. I think we need to be very conscious maybe that they're not getting um, any of that passive transfer. It is really vital that they get some element of the O's colostrum. Absolutely. I mean, colostrum is the most valuable thing on any farm. It is absolutely priceless. And you know, I think you may have had a talk earlier on about feeding yos. I mean, that's really critical that if the yos are in good body condition, um, even when they're carrying triplets, you should still get reasonable amount of colostrum. But really, if you've scanned and you know you've got a load of singles, a single, okay, it's unfortunate she's not carrying a twin. Well, hang on a minute, though. Let's be stripping that, you know, in those particular for those singles lamb early, I'd be stripping them out and freezing a couple of hundred mils for, you know, for another lamb when the triplets come along. But you know, it is absolutely priceless and your own colostrum is what you want. Don't, I must confess, <laughs> I have very little mass in artificial colostrum. You, you know, and I, 
I really say that every sheep farm, and I, I mean, I know myself, I've got colostrum left over from last year. Okay. It's in the freezer. That is still good. Okay. If it's been frozen for a year, it is still good. Be careful how you thaw it out. Don't be using the microwave now. Be patient. Okay. Warm water. You should be able to put your hand into it and keep your hand in there. You know, it doesn't want, if it's too hot, you're going to denature the colostrum. Okay. But I would have some, I've got some stuck away. But to be honest with you, as soon as I get a single, I'm stripping it out and I'm storing it. And I'd encourage everyone else to have, I mean, I used to use plastic cups, to be honest, to, to do it. And I've got a constant supply there. Now, if you do get caught and you have to go down that route of using the artificial, fair enough. But remember, you're right. You're not getting any protection in there at all with those lambs. And it probably is worth marking them. And they, you can, you can, you can effectively vaccinate them earlier. Um, but, um, you're on the back foot all the way because it's not just about the antibodies because they're just the energy levels aren't the same there at all. But. Uh, even even some robin even some robin of a very freshly lamb you won the lamb earlier that day it's still better than just going in blankly with just artificial yeah absolutely um okay. i remember on one of these sort of talks talking to michael michael diskin coming up and saying the most useful thing he thinks on a most useful bit of equipment on a on a sheep farm is a syringe and a stomach tube and i must confess i'd be a big advocate of that because you just need to make sure they get colostrum and and it's the same for cattle too, but I mean it just makes your life easy. If you don't get that bit right, you know, with with hygiene and good colostrum, you know, if you've got good hygiene and you're wearing gloves, wearing gloves actually for your own benefit, you're also wearing for the animal's benefit too. But I mean, if you've got gloves, hygiene, and colostrum, jeepers, you're nine tenths of the way there. Um, it doesn't have to get much more clever than that. Charles, for somebody on the Covex and Ten program, you know, maybe the lamb and spread we're looking at over six weeks. How close to lamb and should that person go? And I suppose whether kind of looking at that is towards the tail end, is that still going to be sufficient? It will be. It depends how big your flock is and how accurate you're at, you know, if you know who's going to lamb at what point. Um, and the thing is, I'd certainly, you know, because the thing is, if you say got a six week lambing period and you, you lamb four weeks before the first one, then it's, it's 10 weeks to the last one. Okay. I'd say you'd still be okay there. Two months would be what I'd probably normally say it would be two months would be what I'd, I'd, I'd like if you understand me. Um, but because the immunity will drop, but it's not going to drop that much, you know, in that, in that period, you're still going to get good, um, protective immunity there. So a six week lambing, I wouldn't be actually that worried, but I'm more thinking about people who have an early lambing flock, maybe in January and then have a flock that's lambing in March. No, no, they're two different flocks. You know, they definitely would want to have a, uh, two different, um, at- attempts there on, 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 on doing that. Um, I yeah, suppose that's what I would say there. I suppose maybe in the case if there was a split lamb and in significant numbers for safe for a yolam flock lamb later, it could be worth looking at yeah. splitting that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another one just in on that. Any issue given the clostridial vaccine and the flucoside that the one gathering? No, you'd be okay with that. I mean, when you're using a single vaccine like that with a worm dose, they're working on, you know, one's a one's effectively a chemical, um, and the other one's uh stimulating the immune system. So I wouldn't be concerned about that. So you'd be you'd be safe enough doing that, yes. Okay. And just similarly enough on that vein, like if sheep are being transported home before from winter grazing, for instance, and just been housed, any issue given that to them on a day where they've been transported or there's some other stress around hand and obviously look, you want to be as careful as possible at that stage, but would that cause an issue? Yeah, just be careful on the stress thing. I mean, remember, the thing about an animal that's stressed is the fact that its immune system is therefore not functioning as well. So if it's been a long haul, then actually it would be definitely worth turning them into a paddock handy and pull them in, say, 24, 48 hours later. Um, because you will remember with, with a vaccine or with vaccination, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about Clostridia or any other vaccine. You know, it's basically the vaccine stimulates the animal's immune system. 
So you can have a perfectly effective vaccine, but if you've got an immune system that's compromised for one reason or another, then you're not going to get a, a great response. So, you know, I mean, I don't suppose they sit so much as sheep. I mean, like, for instance, calves, sometimes people want to vaccinate animals at the same time as disbodying them because it's kind of handy, you know? Uh-uh. No, it's not a good idea. We need to basically, ideally, the vaccination should probably go in two weeks before they're uh, disbodied or if for some reason there's a reason for, or, or, you know, two weeks after. But basically, those stressful events shouldn't be combined with um, with, with vaccination. Um no, yeah. I, I think you touched on something very important. The sheep needs to be in good health, so sheep that are suffering from fluke or that, you're not going to get that same level of response, yeah. That's true too, absolutely. No, good point, Kieran. yeah. We're going to leave it there for this episode. I'd like to thank Charles again for giving up his time to go on the webinar. Whereas a full recording of the webinar with both Charles and Marissa is available on the Chagas YouTube channel. That's it for me for this episode. Again, probably the Summer Sheep Programme. Keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to future episodes.